Hi, I'm Brenda Burns, and this is the Vienna Assembly of God Sermons Podcast. Thank you for listening. It's an honor to share this time with you. Learn more about the ministries of Vienna Assembly of God at ViennaAG.com. Please leave your comments and reviews on the platform where you're listening. And now for today's message. So we are starting a series today, this, the story we tell. And this is going to actually carry us through Advent because it's going to help us think about the Christmas story as well. But right now, uh, a little bit different flavor for today. But we're going to take some time to consider the story we tell as we move into this week and begin Advent next Sunday. I want to both expand on this theme and, and then kind of narrow in on the basic gospel story, the truths that we ponder and celebrate in this season. This week, I hope we can all tell stories from grateful hearts. Looking back over this past year or season or your life and to give thanks out loud through the story you tell. So I want us to look at a passage in scripture to help give us a template for this and then um, we'll take it from there. So I'm in the book of Acts in chapter 11 and um, beginning with verse 19. And uh, I'm actually just going to read verse 19 and pause for a moment, give you a little comment on that, and then read the rest of the passage. But Acts chapter 11, verse 19. Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch of Syria. They preached the word of God, but only to Jews. Okay, so I'm starting in the middle of a story, obviously, because the verse started with meanwhile. So that what is that talking? Meanwhile, is that what was going on um, was that Peter um, had God had sent Peter to the home of Cornelius, a Gentile, and shown that the gospel message was not limited to the Jewish nation, but to everybody. And so there was a big meeting in Jerusalem to talk about this and get this figured out. And so as that was happening, meanwhile, this was happening. So notice that in this section Part of what's happening is that the believers had been scattered due to persecution. A bad thing happened. It changed their story. It moved them out of their homes, out of their cities, and they were scattered around to new places. But it did not change the story they told. They continued to preach the word of God and the good news of the kingdom that Jesus is Lord. So let's go on and see what else happened after this. Verse 20. 
However, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus. So God was doing this work everywhere. The power of the Lord was with them, and a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. When the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy, and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. During this time, some prophets traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up in one of the meetings and predicted by the Spirit that a great famine was coming upon the entire Roman world. This was fulfilled during the reign of Claudius. So the believers in Antioch decided to send relief to the brothers and sisters in Judea, everyone giving as much as they could. This they did, entrusting their gifts to Barnabas and Saul to take to the elders of the church in Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. Father, I pray for an anointing today on your word and for your empowerment for the story we tell. In Jesus' name, amen. So it sounds to me like the early church had some things in common with us. For one thing, here they are in a new city because of fleeing persecution. And finally, some good things are happening. (laughs) They've turned a corner. Barnabas gets there. There's joy. He goes and gets Saul and brings him back. And and they have this amazing year-long Bible fest, you know, like where crowds and crowds of people are coming to hear the word of the Lord. And they are, this is where they first got the name tag, Christians. Like that wasn't even a thing until this group of people here. And now they're called Christians. It's good. It's exciting. And then a prophet gets up and says, another bad thing is on the way. And it's like, can we catch a break, please? Like, why? Everything's supposed to be good now. And he gets up and says, a terrible famine is coming, and and it's going to be the entire Roman world. So actually, scattering isn't going to help, you know? There's nowhere to go. Everybody. kind of sounds like global pandemic, maybe, okay? It's everybody's going to be impacted by this. Here's the reality. That's been true in the early church, and it is still true today, that we have to understand that though our story is constantly being written, and there's going to be good days, and there's going to be bad days. There's going to be ups, and there's going to be downs, but we are called to keep telling the same story. 
the love of God, the salvation of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit poured out on all people, the hope of the resurrection. This story does not change no matter what happens to us. Amen? And until the day Jesus returns and all things are made new. I love that we sang that today, that, oh, Lord, please make all things new. And we are meant to plead that and call for that. But until that day when it finally is fully, fully realized, we live in this messy and excruciating tension of the already not yet. Jesus is Lord, yet not all of creation is submitted to his reign and his rule. Not yet, but that day is coming. And while we wait for that day, we must continue to tell the story. Because crazy enough, not everybody has heard it. There are people living on planet Earth today that have not heard the name of Jesus. So for the rest of today, I want to give, share with you a bit about how, how we can continue to tell the story and, and sort of like some background of how we've already been doing this and, and, and the, the reality of the story we as a congregation are telling throughout the world. The first thing I want to say is for all of us, you are likely going to be around family and friends this week, and I want to encourage you to bring a buoyant, bright, uplifting spirit of gratitude into the room with you. I need some eyeballs in here. Can everybody look at me a minute? Can everybody look at me a minute? I want you to be the first thank you. Be the first thank you. That anybody hears, wherever you go, all right? Sing the praises of the cooks. Admire the good smells and the attractive table. And fill the space with stories of gratefulness of how God has blessed you this year, even through the hard times. I am asking that to be your assignment this week. As a congregation, be the first thank you. Through your kindness and your gratefulness, proclaim the goodness of God. Second, I want to talk to you about our missions program. And, and this is a part of the story we tell. We tell a story as a congregation through our financial investments. Our scripture text related that when the church at Antioch learned of a coming famine, their first response, their what they immediately did was a financial gift to help those in need. What do we consider is worth putting some dollars toward? <laughs> what do, who do we partner with in ministry? How do we that me, the pastor, the, the leaders of the church, the ministry leaders, how do we steward the resources that God has brought into us through your generosity, through his provision that he's brought into this house? 
in my master's course, the professor talked about the church budget is a theological statement. And we can see through our budget process where we have made steps of faith and what it is that we believe our values should be. So that's part of what we're going to talk about is that story that we're telling through our missions family and your faith promise giving. So here's, here's the reality for us. We support a diverse set of people and programs. The story that we tell through these connections is one of hope and hard work. We link arms with those ministering in red light districts and strip clubs. We, we connected with people living and working in countries whose laws prohibit Christian witness, and yet they find ways to share the love of God. We support programs that feed families and bring restoration to those with life-controlling addictions. And people all over the world are part of our story, and we are part of theirs. So right now, what we're going to do is view a list this list is going to take about two and a half minutes to get through. And this is, the, this is our current missions family. So as this plays, I ask you to, as you see the names go by, pray for each one. It's going to show their name and a, and a map if it, if it applies. <laughs> and as we're doing this, I hope it helps you get a sense of the grand story that we are telling around the world. We support each one of these worthy and amazing people and ministries throughout the year through your faith promise giving. That is an amount, what faith promise giving is an amount that you prayerfully set in your heart to give each month above your tithes and offerings. And you mark it as missions or faith promise when you give it. And then we distribute those offerings out to our missions family on a regular basis. I want to challenge us and encourage us, though, to consider an extra offering in this season for one of our partners. And I was thinking about it today and trying to remember, and I believe in 2022, you have given above and beyond faith missions, uh, faith promise giving and missions giving to extra um, projects of at least three that I could bring to mind. One was the board just, just decided and we sent support to Urban Outreach to help them with a new roof. We, you responded and gave to... Um, help as soon as the Ukraine war began and, and we sent uh, significant funds to help with that. You responded to um, Chi Alpha Richmond needing to purchase new property to be able to minister there and you, re you responded um, to some um, disaster relief <laughs> to, through the hurricanes and things that have come. You have been a generous and responsive people, okay? I just want to say you've set a pattern here, and um, that, would, that is part of what builds faith in my own heart as we move forward 
with this. So we're going to do something special for Christmas for Project Rescue. So the mission of Project Rescue is restoring hope to survivors of sexual exploitation. They have worked for over 25 years in some of the darkest places on earth, rescuing women and children caught up in the evil web of human trafficking. I was honored to join with female pastors from all around the country last month at an event sponsored by Project Rescue. And Beth Grant, the founder, spent some individual time with me and spoke life into me as your pastor and into this church. And so here's what we're going to do. We are going to receive a special offering on December 18 for Project Rescue to help with a specific need that I will be letting you know about um, leading up to that day and on that day. Today, what I want to do is as I want you to hear something you were already a part of and didn't even realize it, because through our support of Project Rescue, this already happened for us, all right? So I'm going to share this update from this past year that what happened and we are a part of this story. Last year, Project Rescue purchased a building that was being used for a brothel in the red light district of Pune, P-U-N-E, and that is a city to the southeast a little bit of Mumbai, and turned it into an outreach center. Prior to the purchase by Project Rescue, more than 40 women were forced to work in the brothel every day. Today, the building has been beautifully renovated and is now a beacon of hope to the community. We are in the heart of the red light district, bringing the name of Jesus to women and children who otherwise would have no exposure to the gospel. The staff at the Thitali Outreach Center provides a space for women and children to learn about Jesus. Children can get away from the brothels and continue their learning through our elementary and teenage education programs. We dedicated a classroom for the children to continue their education as well as learn computer skills. Children were playing with the staff as the dedication was going on. Bright colors are used throughout the building to show the joy and hope offered here through the love of Jesus Christ. Before, the Tali looked like every other building around, but now it stands out. <laughs> I love that photo. The basement of the building was used as a torture chamber for new girls to break them into obedience. It had no lighting and consisted of five small concrete rooms. Now, there are lights throughout the basement, and the torture rooms have been transformed into prayer rooms. Anytime guests come to visit, they will be encouraged to spend time in the prayer rooms, interceding for those who are caught in sexual slavery around the world. So here is a special video um, showing, from that basement showing the transformation. Hi friends, I am standing here in the basement uh, of what 18 months ago 
was a running brothel. And in this running brothel, there were more than 40 women on any given day that were forced to work. And, and actually, the basement where I'm standing uh, was a verifiable torture chamber. These rooms were used to, quote, break the wills of the women that had been trafficked into these rooms. But here we are standing today, and just a few moments ago, we covered this place in prayer and we dedicated this place to the Lord. And the dark places, as you can see, are now becoming light. And so we just can't say thank you enough for getting behind and supporting Project Rescue and helping us redeem the darkness. With God's help, we are redeeming the darkness. So I wanna say thank you on behalf of the women and children that we serve and the women and children that are gonna find hope and freedom in this place. We wanna say thank you. God bless. One of the main ways the staff connects with the community is by offering a medical center open to women and children in the area. This allows staff to build relationships with the women and children. We offer several different skills, training programs for women who are looking to get out of the sex trade. We have sewing machines where the staff teaches the women to sew. Those items are then sold and that money is used to pay the women and to buy supplies for them to continue learning. We also teach women how to bake. We have a kitchen where women have everything they need to bake. And a very exciting thing happened shortly after we started this training. A local five-star hotel heard about the Thetali Project and agreed to consistently purchase our baked goods for their hotel buffet. So thank you for your generous and sacrificial giving. This is directly from Project Rescue to you. It's amazing to see the transformation in the building that is leading to transformation in hearts. Friends, the story we tell, <laughs> it is one of hope and transformation, love and dignity brought to a place where there was suffering and shame. So we have the opportunity to partner with another project this coming year, and that's what the special offering will be on December 18. When I call it special, what do I mean? I mean above and beyond your tithes and in addition to your faith promise giving. I was asked uh, to make a commitment to commit an amount that our congregation would give toward the Antwerp project. And the Holy Spirit prompted me to put down a particular number. And I may or may not share that number with you for this reason. I, I don't want to limit God <laughs> to what that number was. And so uh, I'll be communicating with you on that. But I am trusting God that we are going to be able to give a bigger offering than the other offerings we've already given this year. That's what I'm trusting God for. And that we and then what's going to happen is we are in addition to that one special day, that one offering, we're going to participate in some other creative ways to continue our support. And one of those is includes adding a butterfly garden to our landscaping here. So if you notice that the logo for Project Rescue is a butterfly, and um, Pastor Craig has a very creative idea about how to incorporate, incorporate these things together, and, um, and I'm, I'm excited about that. So that'll be something coming in the spring. 
But so I just want to, you know, that's one of the stories of that whole, that 30 plus that, that you saw in that list that we support on a regular basis. And I can't, I, I'm not able to tell you everything. We were blessed to hear from Blaine Young last Sunday. And the story we tell through supporting campus ministry right here in D.C. has a new chapter beginning after Sunday morning's message because one of our own AU alum is going to connect with Blaine at AU and begin some student mentoring. Um, our own Don Shore, who grew up right here in Vienna, he just he's now ministering in Columbus, Georgia, and just this week he shared that he baptized four students, one of which was their very first student um, at the technical college where he's finally able to establish an on-campus presence with Chi Alpha. He's been working toward that for years, and the news came this last week. They are on, and they are an approved club at the technical college. Food for Others wrote this week, and they shared that they are serving more than 3,000 households per week, which is double what they were doing prior to the pandemic. In the past six months, they've had roughly 300 new clients per month. That's right here in Northern Virginia, friends. The needs are real, but you are telling a story of support and care and nurture. The story we tell is that we are linking arms to help provide food for the hungry, shelter for the homeless teenager, and the hope of Jesus to those living in parts of the world where some have never even heard Jesus' name. As God continues to send resources to us and gives us the faith to move forward, we are trusting God that the overflow will help us to continue to do even more. So the story we tell with our budget includes that the leadership chose to budget toward growing our ministry with eyes of faith toward the future. The story we tell includes working to make this facility a space where you connect with God and are uncomfortable that you, you will want to invite your friends and neighbors to come here and connect with God too. It means working to keep our technology up to date and upgrading some of our systems. All of this is part of the story we tell. If somebody asks you, like, what, what is your church about? Well, the, uh, the short story, the short thing to say is we love God, we love others, and we love life. But all of these things you've heard today are also a part of the story we tell. They are a part of who you are as a church. They are a part of who we are as a body. And as we continue through Advent season, we're going to keep... Um, working on that, crafting that, and explaining even further what it means, who we are, and the story that we tell. But today, I want to end with two asks, okay? Two. First, determine right now how you're going to be that first thank you. 
How are you going to be that buoyant, bright, kind, grateful presence this week? At your office, in your home, with your neighbors, in line at the grocery store with two carts full of stuff, if you haven't already done it. We're going to be a thankful, kind presence wherever we are. Amen? And then number two, consider your faith promise giving for the coming year. Now, those of you that are here in the room, you received a card for faith promise giving. If you are online or at our website, there is a form available down in the middle of the page for faith promise giving. And so if you want to do that online. But here's what I'm asking for each of you to join in this part of our story. For every one of us currently here to commit to ongoing support for our missions family. As you do that, then we're able to send more on those regular distributions. And it is, I think you've seen just a taste of what a worthy and good work they're all doing. On December 18, we'll have a special offering our Christmas gift to Jesus for the Project Rescue as something to do, something big, something extra. Today, what I'm asking is for your faith promise to prayerfully consider that. If you're not ready to turn it in today, I'll, I'll bring a reminder. But I'm asking you to prayerfully consider that today. All right? Let's pray. God, I thank you that the story we tell is one of hope. It is the good news of Jesus Christ, even as your early church spread out through persecution, struggling with opposition of all manner, continued to share the good news and spread the gospel throughout the known world. I pray that you will help us to overcome our own challenges and obstacles and reasons why we may not tell the story and help us to instead move into gratefulness and kindness and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to share the good news of Jesus Christ as we sang today for Jesus to be the center of it all, for Jesus to be the reason for our thankful hearts, and that we are able to move forward because of you. And God, I pray that you will do a work of generosity in our hearts, that we would be open to increase our giving, to give above and beyond, God, to even, <laughs> as the church at Antioch gave, as much as they could, to be able to see the gospel go forward, to be able to see the physical needs of people met that you will supply as we step out in faith. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. I hope you're encouraged today that you're telling a good story.
Amen. Let's stand together for our blessing. And keep this uppermost in your mind this week. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. If you enjoyed today's message, why not share it with a friend? I invite you to subscribe at Apple Podcast and our YouTube channel. We'd love to hear your feedback and comments. So glad that you were with us today. Look forward to seeing you next week. At Vienna Assembly of God, we love God, others, and life. And we're leading our community in a growing relationship with God.